0: Like our content, it's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. So, folks, good morning. It's wonderful to have you joining me here today, whether you're joining us from our studio audience or joining us any number of places across the country. It's wonderful to have you as part of New Church Live. And and today is is sort of a blast from the past for me personally. There was this ancient old tradition. It's not all that ancient, but this old tradition, it was called Vacation Bible School which probably some of you are living in areas where that's not such an old tradition, but it certainly is up here in the Northeast and it's called VBS. And I can remember as a kid, I can remember going to it and, and every year the woman who, who taught the music, her name was Betty Lindsay, and she would do this song from the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm not gonna sing it, so don't worry. She would do this song from the Sermon on the Mount and it was about building your house on the rock or building your house on the sand, which is how Jesus actually closes this beautiful Sermon on the Mount, which we've been living, which we've been reading about over the past four weeks. And I remember the hand motions to these days and the rains came down and the floods came up and the rains came down and the floods came up. And then came the fun part as a kid. And the fun part as a kid, then it shifted into, and then the house on the rock stood firm. And then the second line was, and the house on the sand went splat. And you would yell splat with great childish glee. And that's, that's such a fond memory. So, so the, we're going to be covering that story today. And it's interesting, folks, when we look at Sermon on the Mount, like one of the really fascinating parts of it is this is considered a time where Jesus stepped in and created a magnum opus. You know, a great work, a summary, a sermon, and you can look at it. It's incredibly powerful. And it's what's brilliant about it as well is it's not a big theological, a bunch of big theological points. It's not. It's interesting. It really makes this beautiful shift from saying, you wanna know the big theological points? This is what you do. That that's what theology all boils down to, are basic things, rock solid things that we can do that can make a difference in our lives. And I'm gonna say this several times. It's not about avoiding the storms. I, I, even just this morning, just, oh, I just, I just wish that there were no storms, I wish that for lots of people. I wish that for myself. I wish that for those I love, but they're just there just are and somehow, this whole beautiful sermon on the Mount is about learning to weather those storms in a way that you 're going to find yourself still standing at the end, a little wet, <laughs> a little drenched, a little storm worn, but still there and still standing because I think folks, I love this picture from. From, uh, from last year, I think, I think there's part of us that we wanna be that guy or that girl, that person who somehow figured out how to build that house that could withstand the storms. And I want you to look at that picture and just sort of take in this flavor of it as well as we go through today's message, which is, which is it's not just folks, it's not just about, well, I'm gonna build my house on really good, firm foundation. And I want you to notice all the other people who haven't. <laughs> That's not it at all. It's about coming to ourselves, seeing that, if we'd have that picture back up, we get seeing that picture, and seeing that picture and thinking, okay, that picture is the picture of all of us. There are many parts where we place our lives on foundations of sin. And while that may be challenging, there's also this beautiful part. Every single one of you here also has a part that's built on a really solid foundation, that's built on a rock. We're gonna look at both today. So as the musicians come out for our first song here, I just wanna wish you well. I wanna say I'm so glad you're here. And welcome, friends. Welcome to New Church Live.
1: Hello, good morning, everybody. fire and you place the flowers in the vase that you bought today staring at the fire for hours because of you.
0: beautiful idea, you know, as we talk about the houses that we build. And and again, folks, we'll build houses in all kinds of of different ways, in all kinds of different locations. You know, I actually have lost a house in a flood, and I've actually not lost a house in a flood. And I mean that both literally and figuratively. And I think that's what we have, that's the way we have to hold it as as we launch into today. And and this is such a significant part that I want to start with, You know, a key concept we have here in our particular Christian New Church orientation is that religion is of life. Religion is of life. Life of religion is to do good. So when we do what's good, when we serve other people sincerely, justly, faithfully, when we serve other people, it sort of bends right back into life and then feeds our view of religion and the whole cycle sort of starts again. And we see that in the Sermon on the Mount. Again and again, it's talking about very practical things that we can do, very practical ones, like don't worry, <laughs> you know, very practical things. And they're all geared towards trying to give us a sense of something that's a little more solid, something something we can lean on. Because folks, like the storms are gonna come. The storms are going to come. And if we place all of our treasure, as it were, on on one particular thing, one particular house, as it were, but it's not built on a foundation, inevitably that goes. And, 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 and it's not, it's easy to say, wasn't well, that a tragedy? But here I'm gonna go way back to the, our Christian forefathers who would say, no, that's actually a really good thing. That those houses do need to be flattened in a sense, because, because we have to have space for something else to grow. And we have to have space to really, really get aware. Oh, yeah. Isn't it interesting that this is the part I could really count on? When well, the chips were down. This was the part I could really count on. And that's what, that's what we're hoping to leave you with today, some of that sense. So let's take a look here at the Sermon on the Mount. Beautiful way. And again, it's interesting to look at this, this document. It's not real long. You could read it in about 10 minutes. But to look at how Jesus, you know, how he pulls it all together, this beautiful line. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, and that's the key part, puts them into practice, is like a wise man or woman who built their house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose up, the little song, the winds beat and blew against that house, yet it did not fall because it had had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish person who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it flew, it, it fell, and great was the crash. That's beautiful stuff, folks, in terms of how that, how that all works. You know, it's, it's, it's about a couple of things here. First off, and I, I said I'd be belaboring this point. I really do want to belabor this point. It's really critical to know that the, the storms are going to come. The winds are going to go. The winds are going to blow. They're going to beat on your houses. That's how it's going to work. That's how life goes. And I, I, was, I was listening to somebody somebody this morning talking about a near-death experience, NDE, in shorthand in my line of work. And talking about a near-death experience, and people report this all the time, right? They report they report kind of stepping into this peace and love that's beyond all imagination, all imagination. And then hearing this subtle invitation back to this world, but knowing that that world and this world, this world has all these stresses. It has all these storms. It has all these winds, it has all these challenges. And how do we how do we deal with that? Well, that's where the practice comes in. That's where we practice these words. And some language I, I really liked as I was as we were getting ready for this series was this language here. And I, I love this language from Walter Brueggemann. And he's talking about when when, when we start to get it, when, what, when I'm saying that, folks, I, I'm saying probably most of us are looking at it thinking, yeah, I don't get very much. But, but, but see that little solid house. That's the part of you that gets it. That's the part of you that gets it. So just see that and think of that as, as I share with you these words. What he said is that those people have inexplicable generosity on the way towards others, towards new love, out beyond all our reluctances. Oh, it's, it's just such good language, right? And I, I love that idea, folks. Right? It's this. It's not explicable. It, it doesn't necessarily always make sense. That doesn't mean, please, little aside, that doesn't mean it's foolish. In fact, it's not foolish at all. It's filled with incredible joy because, because we're starting to move out beyond the boundaries of our being, beyond the boundaries of, of who we are. It, it's, it's where, folks, we move just beyond our own story no longer caught up just in self-rumination just over and over and over again. You can call paralysis by analysis, anything you want. Like that self-rumination, there's, there's no study I've ever seen that says the more we self-ruminate, the happier we'll be. Not, you'll never see that. But this is about moving beyond all that, and we'll have certain reluctances that will keep us in that cycle, but can we move beyond that, beyond all that, again, moving towards, and I love that language there too, like towards a new form of love, towards a new way of creating. Because do we ever arrive there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not far enough along the journey. But maybe some of you have that experience that you feel like you're living there. I think for most of us, we feel that at best, what we're trying to do is to move towards that. Christian, new church perspective. Our job is to deliver our best intentions on God's behalf. You wanna know what moving towards love looks like, and this is just a stock answer, but we need it repeated again and again. You wanna know what moving, what a new form of love looks like? It looks like following your best intentions that you have right now, your best intentions. And how do you move forward into, through, and with those things? Because the flip is, folks, again, we said said house on the rocks, house on the sand. When we don't move beyond our reluctances, we'll we'll be building on the sand. That's what will happen. If, If I say ensconced in all my reluctances, I refuse to even consider that there's a way to move out of them. Life just will not work. I will never move beyond. And I'll, I'll find that what I'm doing is really, I'm building my life on the sand. I'm building my life on something that, that won't stand the test of time. And folks, maybe even this, like, because I, I want to sound, uh, it's, not, it's not like it's a negative thing. Building our house on the rock, you do know this. This is just a reminder, right, for all of us. Building your house on the rock, you do know that's building your house on joy, right? You do know that. It's a it's, it's, quote I use all the time. Most people know just enough religion to make them miserable. You know, we, we should know enough that there's actually great joy. I mean, that's the whole point. Jesus would call it fullness of joy, which is even a better turn of phrase. That's, that's that rock that we're moving on. So when I'm talking the sand, I'm talking things that won't even support your joy in the long run may be temporarily happy or entertaining, but will not support, will not hold the weight of joy. And what's the worst part of that, folks? Well, I think if we don't move beyond our reluctances, where we can often find ourselves is in terms of being a cynic. Cynicism is so tempting. And I want to talk just for a second, I think, about where one of the big temptations, when we walk over into a, into a place and we're really kind of, again, we've just become cynical. We're not moving beyond all of our reluctances. We're just kind of stuck in this place. This is one of the biggest challenges of cynicism. It feels like the only way to describe the world, and it feels so solid. Cynicism will feel like the rock, for many people, will feel like the rock you can actually build on. Be so careful about that, be so careful about that. Where you find yourself being cynical, you really gotta question that. And I think for many people, that that may be one of our primary spiritual tasks because until we kind of get that moved out of the way, it's really hard to serve other people. It's really hard to move towards love if you're deeply cynical because cynicism will always turn back in on itself. Now, with cynicism, folks, there's no trust. Don't, you've you've stopped trusting the world. There's certainly no imagination because you're sure in this little world you've got it all figured out. So there's no possibility for moral imagination. There's also no connection. Like cynicism is never calling us to connect with other people who aren't exactly like us. And it's interesting, like when I'm in a cynical place, the people I most search out are other cynical people. <laughs> That's bad. That's really bad. But can we, can we shift even a little further and just remember, too, that, that if we're living in the cynical place, there's no love there. I mean, think of the most cynical comment you ever heard somebody utter out of their mouth. Or maybe it came out of your own. Was it a loving comment? <laughs> no. Did it make you feel more connected with other people? No. Did it make you trust more? No. All those things are true, and yet it's, it's interesting how we will continue to choose bad real estate. And we'll continue to build on it over and over and over again, and that's, that's just where we have to be careful because it's not that solid. New Church Live is so blessed, as many of you know. You know, we actually write our sermons as a team, as a group of people. We have people actually some people who join us online from different parts of different places, and one of them is Reverend Teresa Huber, who joins us every week from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Teresa was commenting on this building in Pittsburgh where I, where they, they, it's part of, you know, you do these tours of the city, right? And this is a one that they seem to stop at a lot, and she was mentioning it to me. And what happened was Pittsburgh was a very grimy city. At one point in time, a lot of buildings have been pressure washed since then, including the church where I grew up, which revealed a whole different color. So there was this building downtown where they started doing it, and all of a sudden they realized they're like blowing chunks out of the wall because it's sandstone and that the grit was actually what was holding the building together. That's pretty funny. And, and, and you know, and I just, I just think about that, and I think, yeah, that's what cynicism, cynicism's is like sandstone. Like, it looks solid, but do a little pressure wash action on it, it's not standing up so well. And that's, again, folks, why we need to start to think about how to move past it. Now, now what are ways to move past it? There, there's, there's a million less, folks, that we could make here. And a million less about what does it really mean to build on a rock. And, and as many people who are joining us today, you know, we, we could have 300 answers by the end of the day as to what that is, specifically. So I'm just gonna give a stab at some of these. And obviously the rock here is, is building your life on God. You know, that, that goes without saying. And, and that means building your life on love. That goes without saying. How could we, what could be some other specific ways that we, we might be able to do it? Well, I wanna give you, give you a few ideas and I'm actually gonna offer a few little readings here as well in terms of, in terms of parts from the Sermon on the Mount that I think are germane. First one there, folks, if, if we have to think about it, is we have to move beyond our own preferred distinctions. We, we make distinctions consistently and some of those are really critical, like don't eat poison, don't place your hand on a hot stove, like those are making distinctions. But you think about how quickly we're making distinctions all the time. All the time we're making distinctions. We're constantly trying to cleave things into this or that. I mean, even when I, when I was thinking about was, and this is sort of more global, and then we'll get into a real specific one here, uh, just simply asking somebody, are you having a good day? And either we're having a good day or a bad day. Are days really that easily divisible? Are they? I don't think so. I mean, my day will have moments of, of really connected times, really good times. It will also have times where it's not such a great day. So it's trying to move beyond those distinctions. And one of the most significant ones, folks, I think, again, is, is, is that whole idea which we looked at at the beginning of, of this series, you know, learning to love your enemy, your enemy, quote, unquote, because I want to hold that lately. It's, it's just, it's, it's way too easy to kind of divide the world up. And listen to this beautiful line. This is Jesus speaking. This says, implications galore. We could spend probably a full series just on this quote. This is from, again, the Sermon on the Mount. If you're offering your gift at the altar, in other words, you you go up to the altar, you're here in a worshipful place, you're bringing something to God, and there, remember, your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. It's just huge implications, right? Here's this part where where we're off, where, where, where God's saying, look, you got to move beyond your distinctions. And and so much of it is when, we, when then we get into that religious ritualistic part of our life, we can start to make distinctions around that. Like I picture this person sort of bringing their gift. This is how I would do it, bringing my gift. And just in the back of my mind would be like, I hope you help out my jerk friend, <laughs> you know, holding that out there, or my jerk brother, you know, sort of all these judgments, all these distinctions I'm making about them. And here, like folks, this is so big. Here's God saying, you can't offer this gift until you've offered that gift. You can't offer this gift until you offer that gift. Let that sink in for a second. Where does that show up for us? Where are we kind of going like, yeah, this gift is easy to give, but this gift over here, a little challenging, that whole forgiveness thing, like that, that whole reconciliation thing, that whole I gotta reconnect thing, that feels so hard. But here's God saying, choose the hard. Choose the hard. Because that's where we'll find growth and again, that's where it'll come back to finding to finding folks the, the rock that we can build on. This is a little aside. This is gonna become a sermon in a couple of months, but it's that movement of where we, where we look at life and we're able to embrace the stress, but we know that we're embracing stress. We're not embracing distress anymore. Big difference there. Again, stay tuned in October for that one. <laughs> But that idea of we're embracing stress, we're not embracing distress. And then number two, and this was a hard one to find language around, you know, playing around with it a little bit. It's, it's where we learn to take on a new view, a new place in the world. So, so literally, we're not, we're not just, it's not just like a new pair of glasses. I mean, it is like a new pair of glasses, right? I don't want to oversimplify over it. But it's it's where I'm really learning to stand in a new place, where we really have moved to a new area. And because we are standing in a different place, the world appears very different. The world appears very different. Here's an example of that. This is a reading, again, from from the Sermon on the Mount. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not so much more valuable than they are? That's, that's just, boy, that's such a, such a beautiful line there. It, it gets back to this, folks. You know, we stand in this new place. We know we've got all our challenges. We're bringing all that along with us. We're doing the best we can. You know, we're doing the best we can. We're following these things as best we can. And then as we step into this, this new spot, there's a certain sense of like, oh, this is actually who I was supposed to be. This is who I was created to be. That's why Jesus said, like, you look at the birds, they're taken care of, you know, you're worth a lot more. If I took this good a care of them, imagine the care I'm always gonna take of you. Again, does that mean no storms, no winds, no hail? No. It just means we are totally assured of that caring. I mean, let that deeply into your soul. Totally assured of that caring. The beauty that comes out of that, folks, is is this one then, again, it ties back in with so many other parts where here's Jesus talking to these very normal Joe and Jane bag of donuts kind of people and saying, "You're, you're so valuable. It goes right back to that line to you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. It doesn't mean other people aren't. It means you have a place of you, a part in you that is, and that's really significant. And the last one, folks, act. (laughs) It always seems to come down to action and what are we gonna do about it? The line here that I find very powerful, and again, this comes towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. God make me a vehicle of your will. And that will will always be love. A, a prayer, a prayer over the years, a prayer over the years that I've found really, really beautiful for those of you who are familiar with the 12-step tradition. It comes out of that. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do your will. That's, that's like spirituality in a nutshell. You want to sort of see the Cliff Notes version of spirituality. I think, I think that's so much it where it's, it's like, here's the bondage of self, that cynicism we talked about over here, here's the bondage of self. You know, Lord, relieve me of that, that I may better do your will. That's, that's just a beautiful mantra kind of line. And, and it's this movement, folks, this movement of, oh, wow, I need, to, I need to say the sacred no, relieve me of the bondage of self, then I may better do your will. That's the sacred yes, open to God's will. And God's will will always open us, and this is a, this is a real important reminder as well. What does God's will always remind us of? To move tor- towards other people, to move towards love. As imperfect as that might be, that's what we're to constantly try to come back to. And what we hit there, folks, this last slide, is we inhabit the third way. Here's no longer where, I'm, where the world is broken into these easy distinctions anymore. Good and evil, right and wrong. It's like we get that it's, it's, it's a mix. Most of it's, some of it's pretty extreme, but a lot of it's just a mix. We're just doing the best we can. And what we find here, folks, is a third way. Now, I wanna share with you as I was thinking about this sermon, I can, what I imagine the third way might look like, I don't know anybody who can do this, but, but I think it could feel like this eventually. Think of that stress you have in your life where you're just like, yes, if, if I just knew this or could figure out this or could handle this, as soon as I get this handled, and it, hopefully it's a thing that will get handled, just get this handled, I know I'll feel a huge amount of peace. Just, just for a second, just feel the peace you'd feel on the other side of handling this thing. Take a breath. What's, what's the peace you would feel over here? If I could get this done and taken care of, I know I'd feel at peace. Now, maybe part, part, not the whole thing, maybe part of the third way is this. The peace He comes over here. And so now we have peace, and it's that same feeling, like take a breath. That same feeling of peace. And that's how you carry your life of doing forward. With that same relief, that same joy, that same trust, that same faith. And maybe what we can find there, friends, again, is a house built on a rock.
1: just call my name and I'll be there I'll be there to comfort you when my world dreams around you so glad I found you I'll be there with a love so strong Holding on, if you should ever find someone new, you know she better be good to you. Cause if she does it, you know that I'll be there.
0: what a beautiful song, I'll be there. You know, is listening to those lyrics and we look at this picture, we look at this picture of how how it looks and that, you know, that house built on the rock. It's just interesting hearing it poetically. Look at that house that's still standing and just in however way you need to hear that, either as an inspiration to action or an acknowledgement of how God is coming into your life right now, just I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there, I'm going to work at showing all the way up. Very different view of terms of what faith can offer. Can offer that call and that inspiration and actually theology that goes behind that says this is why it works the way it does. Because this is how we're created. This is what we are meant to be. That, that, that finding, folks, that finding of the building on the rock, it's... It's not that I think, again, I don't think we can take a static view of it. Like, look, I'll just build my house on the rock once and for all we're all good. <laughs> I think what happens is that we move through life and we build many houses on the rock. We find a place to do that with our families. We find a place to do that with our communities. We find a place to do that at work. Hopefully we find a place to do that in the world. But that, that journey is, is so beautifully important. And it's, and it's this deep trust, it's this deep, it's this deep trust that God's always there. I'll be there. God is always there. And God's joy is watching us be reflections of that love. Reflections, not the source of, but reflections of that love. I love this, this passage, you know, it's one off quoted and it's, it's just incredibly beautiful. It comes from the book of Revelation, the very end of the Bible. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. There's, there's so many beautiful parts to this, folks. Like even that first part, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door. It's it's God is constantly knocking, it's not like pounding, it's not like showing up all angry, I think it's a very polite knock. You know, it's, it's this constant wanting to be part of our lives and we get to have the journey of allowing that in over the course of our lives in different ways unique to each of us. And the miracle reminder in this passage is God never stops knocking. We may stop listening, that is our, our particular choice, but that has nothing to do whether God's knocking or not. Of course God's knocking, knocking at that house, knocking at that door, wanting to be part of that, wanting to be part of, of what you can build on a rock. And it's, it's, it's not, again, it's, it's, not, it's not so that we can beat up other people or be better than other people, it's none of that. It's so that, again, so that love can, can flow through us in ways that we were created to allow it to do. So so, so we are actually coming back to first, as we would say in Christian New Church perspective. That showing all the way up, folks, is incredibly important. And and I I wanna close with a video here where, where you can see somebody who's moved beyond their preferences, moving towards love. You can see literally where they now are in literally and figuratively and et cetera, et cetera, in a new view and a new place. And all of that came down to an action. So we can can see that and we can see this rock. And also we can see how the rock can show up in many different ways in our lives. So I want to close with a video clip here as David Brooks talks about what was the biggest changes in his life when he found that rock that he could truly build on, or a rock that he could truly build on. Take a look.
2: I have a friend who, who said um, that when her daughter was born, she realized that she loved her more than evolution required. And I've always loved that, because it talks about the piece that's at the deep of ourself, our inexplicable care for one another. And when you touch that spot, you're ready to be rescued. The hard thing about when you're in the valley is that you can't climb out. Somebody has to reach in and pull you out. It happened to me, I got luckily invited over to a house by a couple named Kathy and David, and they were—they uh, uh, had a kid in the D.C. public schools named Santi. Santi had a friend who needed a place to stay because his mom had some health issues. And then that kid had a friend, and that kid had a friend, and that kid had a friend. When he went to their house six years ago, I walk in the door, there's like 25 around the kitchen table, a whole bunch sleeping on the downstairs in the basement. I reach out to introduce myself to a kid, and he says, we don't really shake hands here. We just hug here. And I'm not the huggiest guy on the face of the earth, <laughs> but I've been going back to that home every Thursday night when I'm in town and just hugging all those kids. And They demand intimacy. They demand that you behave in a way where you're showing all the way up. And they teach you a new way to live, which is the cure for all the ills of our culture, which is a way of direct, really putting relationship first, not as a word, just as a word, but as a...
0: That that video, folks, of, of, you know, he goes on to explain it. You can watch the full TED Talk, by the way. and, and I, love, I love what he talks about, like that inexplicable love we have for each other down at this deep core, right? And that that, that, that love is so connected with other people and it's a love that will always put relationship first. And here, here he found it within this, within this group. He found it at a challenging time in his life. He found it within this, within this group of, of high school parents and high school students who just were kind of creating this new world. Had chosen in some small way to make a huge difference. Those those are the parts, folks, where again, where we where we move beyond our preferences, we move beyond our reluctances. We we, we come to a new view. We act, and then it ends up being this third way. And it's not always as dramatic as what what you might see with him, uh, with David Brooks. But but it's 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 important for all of us to think about it and to think about what is. What does that really look like? Where are the patterns that aren't serving anymore for you? Where are those patterns? How can things like the Sermon on the Mount help you to shift away from that? To find new patterns of thought to found new patterns of action, an action that leads to new thought, thought that leads to new action. You know, it just moves in a very, very different place that moves us, of course, we have to self-reflect, but, but it moves us beyond just self-reflection and it moves us way beyond self-rumination into, into the world of trying to help the other. Yeah. We can't always feel loved. We won't always feel loved. We will always be able to choose to be loving. We can always choose to be loving. Let's think about how that works in the week ahead. Let's think about what that rock really is and Boy, I'd love if you have some time this week and you want to just share with me what that is for you. You're welcome to text it to me or, or put it in one of the comments. Because, because we live in a world, folks, again, and we say this a lot, but we live in a world that it's interesting seeing the world as, as, as giving all of us individually, not other people, but the world just gives us contrasting opposites. It says, like, look, you can live this way. And I think those things happen. And I think it's always an invitation to move away from this, into living this way. Progress, not perfection. Doing the best we can. All of us walking each other home is the same goals. So friends, I wanna thank you. I wanna thank you for joining me at New Church Live today. It's been great to have you here, great to share this message. We hope if you're, anytime you're watching our services that you're able to feel you're, you're more than welcome to leave a comment, we try to respond to them in time. And again, thank you for joining us here today as we close this series on the Sermon on the Mount. And what we're going to do now is now we're going to close with a with a little a little prayer, a little meditation, a, a little blessing, and then that'll be the end of today's service with the last song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you as well for giving us time and space. Just just to consider what is that rock? What is that thing that we can build on? Knowing in a way that it's your rock, it's your building process, and it's your house. That we're just trying to do the best we can to cooperate. To let a little bit of light shine through. To let a little bit of grace become real. To let a little bit of love connect. To let a little bit of our true selves find light and find life in your word, in your way, in your truth. Help us, Lord, in the week ahead to move towards others, to build on that rock, and to find in the end, as always, a new home. Amen. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Have a great week, friends.
1: Is a remarkable place, a beautiful house in a forest of stars and outer space. From a bird's eye view, I can see it as a well-rounded personality, from a bird's eye view. difference and every mother's child is a saint from a bird's eye much everyone. Take good care. See you soon.